Hey everyone, this is Tim with the Traveling Developer Podcast, Episode 1, where we go over everything from travel, coding, and making money along the way. So since this is Episode 1, I want to go a little bit background about myself and why I'm starting this podcast. Uh, back in December of 2016, I had spent two years as a software engineer in New York City and decided I wanted to give freelancing and being a digital nomad a shot after reading all those super inspirational uh, <laughs> medium article posts out there. I want to see if it was possible. Um, so January 2017, I uh, took that, moved out of New York City, and moved right to Argentina for a month, and then right after that, Peru for a month. And while I was there, I was working with a couple clients to see if I could just make some money along the way. And turns out... Uh, I worked out pretty pretty well. <laughs> uh, I was able to travel to around like 15 countries last year and make money doing freelance work at the same time. Uh, while last year was just my goal to see if I could do it, um, this year I want to pursue actual dreams of not trading my time for money and pursuing more topics that I'm interested in and helping others to learn uh, along the way and learn from, I guess, my mistakes in the past and some of my uh, my advice along the way for others trying to do the same thing. So this is episode one. Um, this episode, I want to talk about cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin. Uh, I've been t- into really a lot lately. Um, I got into the investment side uh, around May of 2017, um, and then that's kind of what started me getting into different altcoins, uh, looking into the technology, and now I'm starting to build out applications on top of the blockchain, different uh, applications that could be successful in the long term. So this is a topic that I'm interested in investing-wise and as a software engineer. And I guess the first thing I should say is do not take this as investment advice. Um, Never take investment advice directly from any single person. Uh, What you should do is be taking uh, different opinions from a group of people uh, and then gathering your own information on whether certain things are a good buy or uh, good short term, long term or no investment at all. Um, So that's kind of my goal with this podcast and a lot of them is to teach people I guess what I've learned over the last year and what I'm still interested in learning Um, so this is purely my opinion um, and I hope you enjoy me trying to explain cryptocurrency so I'm going to try and explain it at a very high level Um, like I said I'm, I'm very interested in building stuff on the blockchain but uh, I get a lot of questions about whether people should invest, and my answer is you should do your own research and learn about it and then make the decision. Um, I can't make the decision for you. So let's get into it. The first item is cryptocurrency. So what the hell is a cryptocurrency? A cryptocurrency is basically just a digital asset Uh, designed to be a medium of exchange. And uh, I think Andreas Antonopoulos coined this term uh, perfectly. It's basically the internet of money. 
So just like the internet revolutionized so many different industries and created so many new industries from, I mean, you could just look at Facebook, Apple, Google, are three of the biggest companies with the largest market caps in the world. And they're all new technology companies, fairly new technology companies that came about in what, late 90s and 2000s era. Um, so they're fairly new compared to a lot of other uh, companies that have been around for hundreds of years, some of them. Um, so cryptocurrency, the internet of money. Uh, and it's basically just a digital asset. So it's a way to secure something that's on the internet in your name. So what makes it secure is cryptography. And to put it basically, cryptography is just solving a bunch of different math problems as a key. So obviously you can't do this as a person because it would take years and years to crack, but cryptography is something that it would take even computers uh, quite a bit of time to solve. Um, and that's how these, I guess, digital assets are secured through cryptography. Uh, so that's the crypto part of it. The currency part of it is it works as a medium of exchange. So just like the U.S. dollar is a medium of exchange, you could have a $3 and exchange it for a coffee. That's a medium of exchange. So while we do have like online companies that allow you to exchange fiat currency or the U.S. dollar, for online goods, it's not really a digital asset. It's not completely digital because what's happening in the background is, okay, you're using your credit card to buy something online and it seems like it's all happening online, it's all digital, but what's happening is, is that credit card contacts the credit card database, which confirms that you are who you are, and then it takes money from your account and then that transfers it to the company, and then the process, since you're using a credit card, the credit card company is taking a, a fee, which is pretty large. I mean, three, maybe two and a half, three percent per transaction. So they have to get their cut, and then they're giving the money to the, the business. And there's a lot of there's a lot of steps along the way to that make that happen in the background. Um, and, me specifically and everyone living in the United States or first world countries, um, this seems like a perfectly fine way of performing transactions uh, because we have a bank account. We're able to easily get a bank account. We're able to uh, get a credit card. Um, we're able to verify our identification. Um, that's all fairly easy for first world countries. But where I think um, cryptocurrency is super interesting is for countries that it's not so easy. Um, it's not so easy to prove yourself with like 20 forms of identification, a passport, a, a driver's license, a birth certificate. Um, uh, so what cryptocurrency does is it allows, it takes out all those middlemen that need to verify who you are. And you just, if you have the currency, you can transact with anyone and not just anyone around you, anyone around the world. So in the way that the internet made you be able to communicate with anyone around the world and changed, completely changed so many industries, cryptocurrency can do the same thing, but with transactions and money. And 
it, it'll basically, ch- I mean, this is my opinion coming in through now, it'll change and it'll affect every industry in the world in some way or another because um, all these businesses need money to thrive and that's basically what this is. This is money but on the internet. Um, so that's what a cryptocurrency is. Like I said, just a digital asset, design, purely digital, designed to work as a medium of exchange that uses cryptography as to keep it secure. So the way these transactions are made, they're made on a blockchain. So a blockchain is basically just a database. And to go even further, a database is just a uh, something that holds a bunch of uh, information. So let's use Facebook for an example, or let's use a credit card company. So a credit card company has uh, all these users that have their credit cards and each user has all these transactions that are associated with their username. So say you went to the coffee shop and bought a coffee using your credit card, that transaction goes in their database and they have a database of all your information, your personal information, your transactions, basically everything about you and they control that. So what the blockchain does is it's basically just the transaction part in multiple locations. So a I'm sure everyone's heard about these companies getting hacked um, uh, and stealing a bunch of credit card information and stealing credit card numbers and personal information. Um, that's because these companies have a single database or a single point of entry. So if a hacker would get into this database, they instantly have access to all these different users and transactions and personal information, which you obviously don't want anyone to have outside of yourself. Um, what the blockchain does is since cryptocurrency doesn't require you to have all this personal information, it just allows you to transact uh, with one other person. First off, it's not there. Second off, the blockchain is just a ledger of the transactions itself. So to keep cryptocurrency secure and not be able to like have people spend it more than once, um, the blockchain is basically just a database of all these transactions. So if I had, say, one cryptocurrency and gave it to my friend, that transaction would go on the blockchain. And unless my friend spends it, er, the whole blockchain knows that that person has the Bitcoin and I don't. So that takes it out of my, uh, out of my personal possession. And... What makes the blockchain secure is that there's not just one blockchain, there's hundreds or thousands or millions of different um, blockchains, and it's basically a copy of this database. So say someone wants to destroy all the transactions on the blockchain, they wanted to destroy the, the database, they would have to destroy thousands of them at the same exact time, which is nearly impossible. Um, because it, as soon as you destroy one, you could just use another one to copy all those transaction history and create another database. So it's infinitely growing and nearly impossible to destroy. And at the same time, since they're distributed, not a single company or entity owns this database. So they can't do anything with your data um, 
like a credit card can, a credit card company can, or Facebook can with all of your information. They basically own your information, um, and they can do with it what they want. Whereas a blockchain is distributed, and no single person owns it. Um, technically, you could go download the entire uh, Bitcoin. It'll use it Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency. The entire Bitcoin uh, blockchain for yourself and hold it on your own. Um, so. It's open source, distributed, and super secure because multiple people have it and there's not one point of, uh, single point of entry. And you don't need all that personal information on yourself to confirm that you're able to make a transaction. You're just transacting, kind of transacting through the blockchain, which, which uh, verifies that you have that cryptocurrency to, to spend. Um, they don't care who you are as long as you have it. And you didn't spend it twice. The blockchain can confirm that you're able to do that. Um, and then Bitcoin. So I briefly mentioned it. Bitcoin is kind of is a culmination of both cryptocurrency and blockchain. So Bitcoin is the very first type of cryptocurrency that uses this cryptography and medium digital asset medium exchange, um, and all these Bitcoin transactions are on the Bitcoin blockchain. So cryptocurrency and blockchain come together to create the first cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard the name Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people call it a bubble, a scam. Uh, I'm not here to comment on any of that. I don't believe in that. Um, it's usually the people that don't know what either of those are that call this a a uh, scam or a bubble so that's what i want to do i want to help inform people let them know what it actually is um so that you can make your own decisions moving forward on whether you believe in it long term or maybe you do think it is a bubble um so now let's go into bitcoin itself so bitcoin itself was why was it created so it was created by a a, a guy called satoshi nakamoto um, so the story behind this is pretty interesting. I would suggest reading into it. Satoshi Nakamoto is an unknown person or even uh, it could be a group of people, but this, this name Satoshi Nakamoto came up with Bitcoin in 2009 as a response to the housing market crash and the, the bank failure in 2007-2008. So what this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, or this group of people did, um, they saw all these banks failing. And this is the first time something like this had happened in years. People believe that these banks were basically indestructible. Um, your, your money was super safe if you had it with them. And come to find out, a lot of people lost thousands and millions and billions of dollars uh, because these banks weren't acting responsibly with other people's information. So what the goal of Bitcoin was, the goal of Bitcoin was to, to, I guess, single out these banks and make them not completely obsolete, but not require them to transact between uh, peer two different people. So 
what Bitcoin is, is basically you could have your own bank account in your head. So what makes Bitcoin and cryptocurrency super interesting is that you don't need to hold it in a bank. You don't need to hold it in a single entity that can get hacked. You could hold it in your cell. You could hold, uh, you could hold the key. You could just write down the key on a piece of paper or you can memorize it and that's it's in your head or it's on this piece of paper and you could spend it as long as you have your, your Bitcoin keys. Um, so what? So the way transactions are made using Bitcoin is there's a public key and a private key. The public key is what is shown on the blockchain to verify that certain transactions were made, that people can't spend the same Bitcoin more than once, whereas the private key is associated with the public key, but the private key is only held by a single person. So for, say, I have one Bitcoin, only I have the private key, and that's the way you spend it. So you're you're sending that you're verifying that private key and sending that digital asset to someone else, and that's how transactions are made and verified. So, I mean, Bitcoin is the first peer-to-peer trans, uh, way of transacting a trustless system. So, the reasons banks exist is because so you can transact between a person or a company that you don't entirely trust as long as the bank trusts them you trust the bank so that transaction is made what bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain do is now you're able to make a transaction from one person to another without talking to a bank or without talking to a credit card and without verifying that other person's identity what the blockchain is it just verifies that they have what they say they have Say they you're gonna buy a, a new phone using Bitcoin, and let's just hypothetically say one Bitcoin. Um, if the person that has the phone wants to verify that you have that money, and obviously you want to verify they have that phone, so you see the phone, okay, that makes sense, but they need to see that you have the money and make that transaction, and not using fake money or a fake transaction. What the blockchain does is it verifies, okay. This person has one Bitcoin. They could spend it, and the other person will get it. And now it's their Bitcoin, and now your phone. So it's very basic transaction, peer to peer. You don't have to have a third party taking three percent of your money every time you make a transaction. So one thing, one reason that's important for me is that now you could easily start accepting money. Or say you're a freelancer and you don't want to pay 3% or 4% every single time uh, your client pays you. I mean, granted, there are services that you can do this, just wire transfers. But just hypothetically, um, you could do this without going through a bank, without going through a credit card to verify that person. They're giving you the cryptocurrency based on your services or based on whatever you're giving them in exchange. So it's just immediate, like I said, it's a digital asset that works as a medium of exchange. And Bitcoin itself is unique in that, so the the approach they took is that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin ever. So there's a limited supply of it, which means that the price, it's an, it, it's a inflationary, I don't know if I'm even saying that right, inflationary currency in that if you hold it it's going to increase in value the more people start using it because there's only a set amount ever available 
Whereas the if you compare that to the U.S. dollar, it's a deflationary currency. So it's the U.S. government is allowed to put more currency, more dollars into the market, which devalues what you have in your own bank account. Um, so to go a little further back, Bitcoin takes the approach of like gold. There's only a set amount of gold in the world, um, which makes gold valuable because there's only we only know about a certain amount and that's how much there will ever be unless a uh, asteroid comes crashing down full of gold. Um, but the chances of that are very unlikely. So there's a set amount of gold which sets the value of gold and is very stable, um, I guess, means of exchange or asset. Um, the Bitcoin takes that approach and that there will only ever be a certain amount of Bitcoin. So Right now, I think there are about 16 million Bitcoin in circulation right now. In the year 2040-something, it'll hit that 21 million mark. And the way that these new Bitcoin are made is that people are people called miners are verifying these transactions through their, their blockchain. And then once the, verif- uh, once the transaction is made, it goes on this blockchain and is copied to all the other blockchains around the world. So that's how these blockchains are updated through these miners and verified. And that's how the miners get paid. They'll get like a very small portion of the Bitcoin to verify these transactions. So this is all completely open source and worldwide uh, and not held by one single entity. And to go compare the gold standard to the US dollar, the US dollar used to be on the gold standard in that every single US dollar was backed by a portion of gold that the US government held um, so that there couldn't be a ton of dollars in circulation because there wasn't a ton of gold so that anytime they got more gold they could put more money into the the market but that stopped in the 1980s which I feel like a lot of people don't know um, and now there is nothing back in the U.S. dollar except for the, the, the trust of the people in the U.S. government, basically. Um, if there's one government to trust, that's probably one of the top ones you want to trust. But still, um, over the years, I guess a lot of people have seen, there are some reasons not just to put all of your blind trust in a single entity, in a single bank, in a single government. Um, you should put your trust in yourself and not others, I guess. That's my motivational quote of the day. Um, so to get back on topic. So like I said, the US dollar is deflationary. Bitcoin is inflationary. Deflationary currency is not backed by gold. It's just backed by the trust of the US government. So it's hard to compare. It's hard to see there's the huge advantage in Bitcoin um, value to the US dollar value just by comparing those two. But if you look at other governments where, okay, every, every country, um, every government has its own currency um, and not everyone has the same advantage as first world countries like the US or European Union or, I mean, just the name, I don't want to hold anyone out, but there's hundreds of other countries that have very stable governments and stable currencies. But you look at places like Venezuela, where 
the market's being flooded with money and money's being stolen and a lot of you are putting would see bitcoin or cryptocurrency as a huge advantage in those instances because it's not held since cryptocurrency aren't, isn't held by one single government or one single country you could put your money safely in this cryptocurrency um, and know that it's secure um, and then you could even go back to uh, germany back world war two in the in the war that uh, i believe it's the german marks the inflationary rate of uh, they saw so much uh, currency being pushed into the market that basically a million marks was worth like a couple cents so that they were just burning the marks uh, for warmth as fire. That's how worthless they became. Um, so I'm not going to say that's going to happen to the U.S. government. I don't believe that. But um, it is absolutely happening in these other governments. And you could absolutely see how it could be a different safe haven of holding your value or holding your assets in some type of cryptocurrency uh, since it's secure, it's distributed and it's secure and it's basically unhackable. Um, so that's cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much, but Bitcoin was the first one and now there's a t bunch of other cryptocurrencies. Um, I mean, top ones you could count Ethereum, Ripple, uh, Bcash, uh, <laughs> uh, Dash, there's tons of them, Stellar, and there isn't ever going to be just one cryptocurrency. Just like there's more than one currency, every country has their own currency, there's going to be more than one cryptocurrency. Um, and they all serve different purposes. Uh, so I might go into uh, different episodes of going more into detail of those cryptocurrencies, what they're used for, and my thoughts on them, the technology-wise. And maybe other episodes of traveling different locations. Uh, I would love your feedback. Any specific topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know. And this is episode one of Traveling Developer. Out.